Hello, Hebron. How are you doing? Welcome to the second episode of Towards AI. I was recently thinking, how come AI is mentioned in every newsletter, forum, YouTube recommendation, or magazine that I seem to open these days? How come AI is in everyone's mind nowadays, whereas AI has been around for many years now? That is why I wanted to take a closer look at the factors making AI such a trendy subject. I'm doing well. Thanks, uh, Xavier. I'm, I'm excited again to be here back with our listeners. And before doing this, it is useful to first give an overview on the state of AI. Starting with the origin of the story of AI, highlighting some of the fundamental issues with modern AI, and listing out some of the future developments that the field of AI will probably pursue. We will also focus on some of the concerns that are evident when considering that gigantic impact AI will have on our lives. Let's aim to give a short but concise overview on the state of AI. As you mentioned before, AI has been around since many years, but it has never received the same mass attention that it's received these days. Some of the factors that increase the popularity of AI are more computational power. Just think of the intense computational power that Google, Microsoft, or Amazon Cloud brought to us. Another factor is the fact that we now have large data sets to train our models. AI now is moving away from academia and turning into a product which has much greater reach and impact. It is also the cost of technology that is ever decreasing. These are the main, but there are so many more factors that contributed to the mass awareness and, use, uh, and usage of AI. We will discuss some of them later, but first we want to shortly go over the origin of AI. Well then, AI's origin officially started in 1950, when the English mathematician Alan Turing published a paper with the title computing machinery and intelligence. This was in essence the beginning of the field that would be known as AI. Turing is, without a doubt, the father of theoretical computer science and artificial intelligence. He provided us with a formalization of the concepts of algorithm and computation with the Turing machine. This machine was basically a model of a general purpose computer. The term artificial intelligence itself was first coined by John McCarthy in 1956. In these early days of AI, people were exploring topics such as problem solving and symbolic reasoning. But these days, the field of AI has another focus. We will be looking at some arguments that AI now needs to take a more encompassing perspective and incorporate the basic tenets that this field had at its beginning. Looking at online searches for the term artificial intelligence, we can see a concise exponential growth. Why is it that only now AI seems to be on everybody's mind? Well, one reason is that we now have the tools to store, transfer, and process massive amounts of data in a cost-efficient way, something that was clearly not the case in 1956. Moreover, nowadays we have an improved algorithms and most of them are inspired by the concept of neural networks, which are similar to how our brains function. All of these facts and the growing investment in AI by universities, governments and the usual technological companies such as Facebook, Amazon, Google and Microsoft can explain why AI is everywhere these days. That is true, but even though AI is clearly present in our daily lives, 
think of your Instagram feed, voice assistants, uh, YouTube recommendations, and much more. Even the most complex AI systems is still not capable of really understanding or functioning intelligently. Uh, there seems to be a lack of theoretical criticism or insight into what AI should be. Where most of the research and prototyping is done with the theoretical framework of deep learning, AI systems seem to be functioning intelligently, but only with clearly established finite rules and overly controlled environments. We can observe that today's AI mainly focuses on nurture, where complex systems learn about reality through massive input of data. This is not how humans and animals learn. We probably are equipped with innate concepts of causality, time, and space, so that we can understand and generalize knowledge to situations previously not encountered. It could be true that AI learning requires similar built-in cognitive concepts to really achieve a human or animal-like intelligence. In the quest for general intelligence, some people such as Lacun, a leading deep learning scientist, think that this can be achieved through supervised deep learning. This goes beyond deep learning in that humans don't need to provide manually labeled data where the machines can learn from. Gary Marcus, who is a research psychologist at NYU, sees merit in unsupervised deep learning, but thinks that this can only work if these algorithms are supplemented with more than just pixels to make sense of the world. He feels the need to incorporate some fundamental insights from cognitive science, such as creating algorithms that can represent concepts such as objects, sets, places, and spatial temporal continuity. He refers to his own work and that of Elizabeth Spelk that demonstrate that children can perceive these concepts at a very early age. A similar approach could be used for building AI machines, machines that possess these innate concepts. It is plausible that the unsupervised learning algorithms might require more structure than resembles cognitive representations of objects, time, space, and causality, or it might not. Whether deep learning should incorporate logical and symbolic reasoning or not will be decided in the next few years when we will probably have truly intelligent machines. But for now, this is not the case just yet. Children have the capacity to learn based on very little data. They can adapt and generalize. In contrast, deep learning requires a massive amount of data. Reasoning depends on concepts such as cause and effect. If you want to progress with machine learning, causality needs to be incorporated. Systems that are built on deep learning are trained on excessive quantities of data, but they don't really understand the language that they are producing. Yes, it could be that language understanding systems need to also be able to understand the world. These systems should come with a model of how the world is. So even though we have a rapid progress in technologies collectively known as artificial intelligence with pattern recognition, natural language processing, image recognition, and hypothesis generation, and more, we still don't have machines that are very intelligent. As we mentioned before, we currently have a lot of machine learning in AI, where systems are programmed to learn from data, find patterns, and make predictions. It is based on how our brains work, how the synapses and neurons in our brain alter when they're exposed to new stimuli. This approach to learning has indeed created a lot of innovations in the field of AI, but it appears to be insufficient.
It is probable that true machine intelligence requires deep philosophical analysis and something similar to what people were doing in classical AI, but didn't have the right tools for that at the time. Nowadays, people in AI are not taking this essential but difficult approach. They seem to be interested in more data and faster machines. Intelligence is a multidimensional variable and needs reflection on what comprehension is. Instead of creating the next big computer model, mimicking the things that we already use in our society and without proper deep intellectual thinking. The machinery of symbol manipulation might indeed be necessary if you want to have a robust, knowledge-driven approach to AI. A machine that can do operations over variables is not actually learning. I can refer to Gary Marcus, who argues for hybrid architectures that combine symbol manipulation with other techniques such as deep learning. Deep learning has indeed raised the bar for learning, particularly from a large data set, but symbol manipulation is required for representing and manipulating abstractions. Therefore, these two could be brought together to be able to significantly progress in the field of AI. He points out that some of the most massive active commercial AI systems in the world, such as Google Search, are in fact hybrids that mix symbol manipulation operations with deep learning. Having the capacity to learn from a large-scale dataset, as exemplified by deep learning, with the capacity to represent abstract representations that are syntactic and semantic are a prerequisite for safely arriving at robust intelligence. In this view, I'm thinking of the GPT-3, the Generative Pre-trained Transformer 3, which is an autoregressive language model that uses deep learning to create human-like text. This is the third generation language prediction model of the GPTN series created by OpenAI. Even though it is hailed to be able to comprehend and answer questions, write essays, summarize text, translate languages, take notes, and even create computer code, the GPT-3 only acquires an approximation to the statistics of how words co-occur with one another in the large corpora. It doesn't have a clear representation of concepts per se. AI could, according to Marcus, focus more on determining the set of priors that are needed to most effectively set a stage for learning. Okay, let's talk about can artificial intelligence be dangerous? There's the hypothesis that AI could lead to human extinction or some other dramatical global catastrophe, but it's probable that for now, AI will not take over humans just yet. It's not able to learn on its own. It doesn't have the capacity to take over the human race just yet, but an ethical and transcending framework is urgently needed to prevent such a disastrous outcome. Hawking once stated, AI could be the worst invention of the history of our civilization that brings dangers like powerful autonomous weapons or new ways for the few to oppress the many. Yes, and it seems that there's not enough multidisciplinary collaboration being done in the field of AI and that most of us don't realize the actual destructive potential it has. Exploring this was not exactly the focus of this conversation, but it would be useful to spend a future discussion on it. So without a further investigation into this essential matter, let's look at the main goals of AI. So what is the main goal of AI? AI aims to develop machines that are capable of learning, reasoning and perception. It is currently used across many various industries such as finance, retail and healthcare. It seeks to drastically improve all we do while at the same time being cost efficient and utterly rational. 
It might free us from tedious, repetitive, or dangerous tasks and offer us more time to pursue more valuable activities. AI can also be used to help us combat climate change and help us to predict natural disasters. The outcome of this will depend on how exhaustive and well we train and test these machines. AI is already having a deep impact on virtually every industry and person, and it's been the main instigator behind emerging technologies such as big data, robotics, and IoT. And it will remain an extremely powerful technological innovator. Indeed, and even though AI is not yet totally ingrained into our lives, it will be in the near future. For instance, Google's assistant, Duplex, can make restaurant reservations or doctor's appointments where the people on the other side don't even realize they're talking to a bot. Because this was too creepy, they had to stop this feature. Another innovation is the data transfer project between Google, Microsoft, and others. This could be the start of having a standard communication platform needed to verily bring AI to the next level. After this short introduction into the field of AI, what can we safely conclude? Okay, as a conclusion, AI is not some magical entity that possesses true cognitive intelligence, but things are moving fast. It will be faster, cheaper, better, more general, more applicable, and probably totally pervasive. The full scope of where it will be remains unpredictable. Once true intelligence has been achieved, it will change everything. After AI has truly acquired intelligence, there will be a few things left that we can do better. In the best case scenario, it will be able to solve problems that we can't. But for now, it's still reasoning on the wrong level and it embodies more the term artificial than true intelligence. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you, Hibran, for this time too. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you again on our next episode.